0: Thank you. Undivided allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and the republic for which it stands, one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow Americans, American Patriots, I am sure I do not come before you tonight as a complete stranger. You all have heard of me through the Jewish controlled press as a creature with horns, a cloven hoof, and a long tail. We, with American ideals, demand that our government shall be returned to the American people who founded it. If you ask what we are actively fighting for under our charter, first, a social trust white, gentile ruled the United States. Second. Central controlled labor union free from Jewish Moscow directed domination.
1: Welcome back. David Penn here, the Professor Penn Podcast. This is episode number 87. It's the 17th today of January 2024. This is going to post up on the 18th of January at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Welcome. This episode I call the New Gangsters. The New Gangsters. Last time we talked about Nazis and gangsters we got new gangsters. Talk, them, talk about them a little bit tonight. Uh, we started out again. Um, you didn't happen to see episode 86 yet, and you're tuning in tonight, and you're going, what the hell was that? That was a Nazi party rally known as the German-American Bund, a Nazi party-affiliated group uh, that had a standing room-only event at Madison Square Garden in June, no, was it, I can't remember the month now, 1939, before World War II started. And uh, that is uh, little known because when uh, Hitler declared war on the United States, these groups were labeled as terrorist organizations and they were disbanded and their leadership was jailed uh, and deported. Uh, So this is lost in the, a stream of consciousness of the American experience. We need to, to bring it back, and it, it needs to be focused on. And why I replayed it, uh, I was in the live chat uh, Tuesday night, and people were unaware of this. And that that always um, it always gives me a pause when I recognize how very important parts of American history have been disappeared. And as I said on episode 86, you know, I was aware of this because the uh, Jewish gangster community of the 30s was um, employed by the Jewish community. The You know, there's the bright side, the people that were lawyers and judges and, you know, religious hierarchy. They figured, hey, we got to go get our Antifa going. So they got to the uh, gangsters and the gangsters went into open combat with these uh, Nazi groups. and. Here in Minneapolis, it was the silver shirts. And when I was a young man in the 70s, coming of age, that battle was still going on. There was still a street element of violence between um, Nazi-aligned groups and uh, young Jewish... I don't know what you'd call these people. I mean, I, I I was there... I guess you'd have to say we were gangster-affiliated and organized by a gangster community to beat these people down. And it was um, an ongoing battle, and it just disappeared. And then everybody sits around and goes, what was that? And we're going to get to the end of the podcast tonight. We're going to watch Rachel Maddow act as if this has never happened before. Oh, my goodness gracious, what's going on? So I want to replay it because it's such a noteworthy historical event and people just are missing it. They're missing it, and then we need to focus on our history. we got a guy here in the Republican Party. Mr. History doesn't matter. I mean, we got all these people that want to pull the wool over our eyes because if we don't know how we got here, how are we going to chart a course to get anyplace else? That's why they deep six the history so we can't figure out who we are, what we are, where we came from, why we're doing this, just sit in front of your television, smoke dope, and, uh, you know, watch Netflix. Good enough, right? Are you happy with that? And see, this is the real trick here in the United States of America in 2024. Heat's on, power's on, food in the refrigerator, dope is free, porn is free. Hey, knock yourselves out. And that, for a lot of people, is what they've been diminished to, and they, particularly when you remove from people their spiritual rut and their spiritual aspiration by telling them over and over again, That there's no God, there's no spiritual world, there's no afterlife, there's no anything but materialism. That would be the Darwinist. Thank you, University of Minnesota. Thank you, Columbia University. Thank you, Harvard University. Our scientific class and science has a lot to offer, so please. um, I'm all about science, love science. I'm good at it. Could have had a career in it. I'm not big on. Eradicating half the story. Or as Bob Marley sang so eloquently, half the story has never been told. You know, now we see the light, stand up for your right. Got to know the story. Got to know the whole story. As always, I want to thank Free People Radio. Uh, Free People is uh, a movement. We're a movement. That's why I'm in that live chat. And uh, my ultimate aim here. Hope it's our aim is to galvanize this community into political action, so that we, as American citizens, can have our own part to play in trying to confront this evil and maintain our republic and our freedom and our democratic values, uh, the, our constitution, the things that make us a people, the things that make us unique. We are not an ethno-nationalist state. where. are a culture of people that are aligned together because of ideas. And that is an evolution in human consciousness that is since the birth of Christ up until the birth of the United States. Those may be the two seminal events to this day in world history, in Professor Penn's opinion. And I'm entitled to my opinion, and so are you. That's the beautiful thing about our country. We get to have opinions. So we replayed this to set, again, the predicate for tonight, the new gangsters, and uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to stay into it. We're going to deal with Iowa and the fallout from the Iowa caucuses and try to build upon this theme that we're working on about the Nazis and gangsters and how it's playing out right here today. And next week we're going to talk about time because I find this to be rather timeless. Why would I find it to be rather timeless? Because I'm trained to see time from the perspective of a cultural participant. I'm a member of a culture that's almost 6,000 years old, almost 6,000 years old. So my scope of time is different. And because we ritualistically maintain our history in this secret society, that I was raised in, which we don't do in the United States, I mean, people don't even know anything about, I mean, people don't know anything about the history. They just don't. Why? Because if you're in control of the educational system, you have the power to teach the children what you want them to learn. So you destroy the historical roots of the country, allowing you to rewrite the history. Well, the the Jewish people have maintained a historical tradition for almost 6,000 years through ritual and through prayer. So my, my frame of reference is different, uh, not because I'm different or better. I'm just trained differently. And that's really what we have to recover when we have a rally point. We've recovered our freedom and we've recovered our sanity here in the country. The, the, the real focus is on education. What are we going to teach our children? What are our children going to uptake and learn so that they can have lives of well-being, lives of meaning, and lives of faith? Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the light and the dark. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating me in your image. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me an American. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me free. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for healing the blind. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for feeding the people. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for releasing the bound. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for raising up the downtrodden. Blessed are you, God and King of All Worlds, thank you for creating the heavens and earth. Blessed are you, God and King of All Worlds, thank you for providing for all my needs. Blessed are you, God and King of All Worlds, thank you for directing my path. Blessed are you, God and King of All Worlds, thank you for my American courage. Blessed are you, God and King of All Worlds, thank you for crowning America with glory. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds, thank you for restoring strength to the weary. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds, thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross, that I might be saved. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Pardon me, my King, for I have willfully transgressed, for you pardon and forgive. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds, who is gracious and ever willing to forgive. you know, when I do this prayer, uh, you know, my mind sometimes wanders to the things I want to talk about during the podcast. And then I remind myself I'm praying, and I dial myself in to try to connect with my spiritual life. And that happened in that prayer. And if you're sensitive to that, you could actually feel when I focused and I got connected. And this is the The secret society stuff being, hey, it's not a secret. There's a certain amount of um, uh, focus, focus that's required, centering that's required to connect with the spiritual world. And, you know, I went to synagogue for years, and people are, I mean, I acted like I was praying. I could read Hebrew, and I bobbed along and read along, and, you know, I was just trying to act like I knew Hebrew, and I knew the prayers. As probably 99% of the room were doing. And then a moment came where I said, wow, these prayers, these things are powerful. They have meaning. And I stopped caring about the fact that other people could see me praying. And I want to say this very critically because this is reflected in Jesus's critique of the religi- religious hierarchy of Israel, where they were, you know, doing things to follow the law and to look good but inside they were hollow. And there's a lot of that that goes on. Um, and I've, I've prayed in the Catholic Church too, and I mean extensively. So, I mean, I've been in these religious traditions and these religious institutions, and there's a lot of praying that goes on to look good. Praying doesn't have anything to do with looking good. That's really missing the point. So in sharing and trying to, to, to build some skills for myself, when I do this prayer and my mind's wandering, that's okay. I'm not supposed to be perfect. William said in the chat that our imperfections are a, a great way. He said at our age, thank you, William. Uh, a great way to um, bring us closer to to God, and I, you know, to to recognize in humility and humbleness how much we need God's grace and God's love. We can't do it on our own. The Older you get, the more you know that, which is great. And as they say, for exactly this reason, youth is wasted on the young. But when I dial in, I hope you could feel it. Because when I dialed in, I dialed in at the part where I said, thank you for directing, thank you for providing for all my needs. Thank you for directing my path. Because uh, I have everything I need right now, but I'm running on fumes. I'm running on fumes, and the reason I'm running on fumes is I've given over everything to following what I thought was a a righteous path. Uh, you know, there was a time when I was uh, deeply involved in uh, globalist trade, and I was quite successful at it. And I've said on the podcast, and I'll say it again: I woke up one day and I said, "Wow, this isn't so good." You know, I'd been to many uh, trade. Uh, Meetings and there was many trade legal actions and I I looked at the American citizens who were attacking my business, which was the United Steelworkers who work in the U.S. tire factories and I thought they were communists and fascists, which many of them are. But then one day I woke up and I said, My goodness gracious, these are American citizens, and my actions are undermining their lives. And I just I'm just one. There aren't that many people like me in business. I woke up one day. And it's probably because I was raised in this religious uh, background where money is not the primary driver of my actions or or how I walk my path. And uh, I don't evaluate myself as a success or a failure based on how much money I have. And I know a lot of people like that. And I just talked to someone that I work with yesterday, and um, she made the comment that it's all about security for her. And I, you know, really respect her, good person, uh, great person in our company. But she was bringing out something that, you know, I told her I'm not very good with money. And she started laughing at me because, you know, she has her own opinion about it. And uh, when I got to that part, when I said, you know, thank you for providing for all my needs. uh, And thank you for directing my path. I am following a path. And I did give up. A life of very intense wealth to pursue this political path that I'm on. I mean, I really put, as they say, I put my money where my mouth was, and that meant the money went away. Because when you get on the other side of the globalists, they will beat you down. You're a nail and they're a hammer, and they got a lot more power. And I've I've paid the price to become Professor Penn, but I have this faith. I have this faith that God has directed my path. So when I get to those two. Uh, stanzas in the prayer, I dial in because I'm standing on it. I'm walking by faith and not by sight, for those of you who know that reference. And, you know, this is a transition, and I always laugh at, you know, like Alex Jones, he does this great job getting into the ads. You know, you say, well, the end of the world is coming, please buy some vitamins. And I used to think, boy, this is bogus. But actually, uh, since I have This machine, this Free People Radio machine that I'm trying to grow and keep afloat, and it's, you know, taking resources, not even sustaining itself. I understand why uh, we have to do this because we have to ask for your support. And at Free People Radio, we've chosen a product, just like, you know, InfoWars has vitamins. I mean, everybody who's in the podcast business has something. I think we have the greatest product for the podcast business for the uh for this kind of a a, a genre that has ever existed and that's tires and the reason why i think tires is so great is almost all of us have to buy tires everybody listening not everybody and if you're if you don't own a vehicle that's cool and i get that in fact i walk a lot and i don't drive very much anymore so i mean i totally get that but most of us particularly if If we're younger and we have kids and we're driving them to soccer, driving them to school, driving to work, we're driving. And we're driving less, but we're still driving. So everybody buys tires. And TireGet is our vehicle. T-I-R-E-G-E-T dot com is our vehicle to raise money to fund this movement. So uh, TireGet is um, something I'm going to ask you to participate in. You have to buy tires. The price is right. The service is excellent. Uh, we'll handle your installation, your mounting, the whole thing. We, it's a one-stop shop, and you call in, and you might get to talk to me if you have some tire needs, so please do. And Elia is going to run a TireGet ad right after this. I'll be back in just a minute, which talks about get and the movement. So thank you for listening. TireGet. T-I-R-E-G-E-T dot com. TireGet is here for the movement and for all the broadcasters and channels and stations that are presenting this content for you. TireGet is a online e-commerce platform where you can buy your tires. Now everybody buys tires, or most of us buy tires. There's everything there that you need for your vehicles. All kinds of different brands, premium major brands, premium private label brands, every kind of tire. You go there, you pick your tire, we will ship the tires to the installer right by your house at no extra charge. You pay TireGet to have your tires installed. It's a one-stop shop for everything you need in tires and the best customer service in the tire business. So the next time you buy tires, think of TireGet. you got to buy your tires from someone. Please buy them from us. Welcome back. All right, before we get into the meat of things today, I just want to say I'm not wearing a suit again because it's cold. It is cold. Cold, cold, cold. When I say cold, it's too cold to wear a suit. If you're driving around in the Twin Cities today and you don't have your winter weather gear and your survival strategy in your vehicle, you are truly walking by faith and not by sight because if your car goes down out there, you will die. It's dying cold. Dying cold out there this morning. And, um, I just want to say, uh, not that I want to dwell on this, but I pulled a display. Ellie, I don't even know. Can you get that display up? Maybe you can. There's a, I pulled down the fuel mix display on January 15th of our, of our, of our power here in Minnesota. And, uh, Hang on just a second. That's Mr. Royce calling me first thing in the morning. I wonder what that's all about. Must be something exciting. You see that display? That's the power mix. We have a power mix right now of coal. Dirty old coal. It's 40.91% of the power mix today. In other words, if we just decarbonized and the coal went away, there'd be no electricity this morning. Natural gas, 28.08%. Nuclear is 10.73%. Wind is 17.3%. I mean, Really, the trip into alternative energy here in Minnesota is not very well developed. Now, 17%, there's about 20% of our energy that's met by other than the traditional energy Coal, gas, and nuclear power uh, sources, but 80, you know, eighty percent of our power is still dependent on what would one would call the traditional economy. And here in Minnesota, our government is making uh, legislation that's going to rapidly push our power supply into the Great Reset. And here's what the Great Reset's going to mean. We're going to have rolling blackouts when it's cold like this. We're going to freeze. So if you're old and cold is bad for you, you're going to die. Because we in Minnesota cannot, in the time frame that they've set up to decarbonize, we cannot replace the traditional energy sources fully or or effectively. And that's just the fact. So that's where we are. Um, I'm not saying that we don't have environmental problems. We do, uh, but uh, what they're really doing here is making us poor, because when you remove the energy source, you're going to really deindustrialize our country. And for the young people that want to have peace and prosperity, uh, you know, you're not going to get it with uh, wind power and solar power here in Minnesota. You're just not going to get it. So we have some things to talk about in this regard, and. I'm glad today that we're burning coal, or I'd be freezing. All right, off to the news, which I'm going to try to move through quickly because none of it's good, and uh, none of the news is good. Since I saw you last, which is just two nights ago, Iran is shooting missiles all over the Middle East. There's a city in northern Iraq in the Kurdish area called Erbil. When this happened, live time, real time, It was reported that Iranian missiles had struck the U.S. consulate in Erbil and that there had been a lot of injuries and deaths. Uh, Subsequently, that was retracted, and it was announced by the U.S. government that missiles hit close to the consulate, close, very close by. No damage, no injuries. Okay, there are also the Iranians shooting missiles that are hitting in Pakistan. Pakistan, the Pakistanis, uh, there's a little bit of a tension there. We got a little tension between the Shias and the Sunnis there, between the Pakistanis and the Iranians. They don't like each other. you know the Pac- the Iranians Iran, that's their mother name. they're the Persians. Remember the Persian Empire, not thought of so fondly in that part of the world. People remember the Persians as conquerors, brutal conquerors, so there's a lot of pushback on these Persians. And they're, uh, you know, they're they're getting they're getting down over there. Uh, the Iranians are also targeting uh, uh, Kurdish positions in Syria. You know, the Kurds are allied allied with the United States. The Turks are at war with the Kurds. The what did I say? The Turks are attacking the Kurds in Syria. Also, this thing is a complicated stew pot of tribal affiliations. The point is. They're at war over there. The Houthis have shot missiles that have hit more uh, shipping traffic that's trying to get to the Suez Canal. Shipping traffic is reduced by about 50%. 50%. The American military, Operation Prosperity Guardian, has again attacked Yemen at the same time. That's in the Middle East theater. Does that sound to you like we're going to war? No, it sounds to me like we're at war. And why is it not being reported? Because when you look on your newspaper, hey, it's everything but that. Why? Why? What is going on here? Well, you know, we don't know because we're not in the room with President Biden and his crew of geniuses. But I'm going to say, and I'm going to theorize, that we're in an election year, and it's probably not going to be really great for President Biden's election, reelection prospects if they pull the trigger over there and you're paying $9 a gallon for gas, because when they pull this trigger, there's going to be an interruption in the world's energy supply. Maybe it's not 9 Maybe it's $6.50. But when that happens, when that happens, the inflation and the economic dislocation will be so intense, it will be very difficult under any circumstance of an election. I'm going to say this again for my friend Tom. It will be very difficult under any circumstance of an election. If there's a war there and it has huge economic consequences for the American people, under any circumstance, it will be very difficult for a Democrat to get elected in the 2024 cycle. So they are allowing, when I say they, that would be our government, we the people, we are allowing, we are allowing a kind of assault on the post-World War II democratic, rules-based order. We were allowing an assault that's completely unprecedented since 1945. And, you know, people are getting bold. Uh, over in the European theater, you know, we had the you know Pacific theater, and we had the European theater in World War II. Same thing. I mean, there's nothing different. Go back and look at the history of World War II. There was a big theater in the Middle East. There was a European theater, and there was an Asian theater. Hey, guess what? Same game. In Europe, the United Kingdom has deployed 20,000 combat troops into Eastern Europe, the largest deployment of, Europe, of of British troops since the Falkland War some 40 years ago. I think that was 82. 20,000. Sweden has put their citizens, citizenry on notice, as has the German government, to prepare for an imminent war. You think these people are doing it to get headlines? Maybe. Maybe they're just keeping everybody full of anxiety, a la the three emptying factors. Asian philosophy, Asian medical philosophy, or as they like to say, ancient Chinese secret. Death comes from the three emptying factors. The first one is continuous concern. Continuous concern. You know, let me try a joke, just to break it up. This one's a little scatological. So, you know, we're going to have to let this one play. And it, it really kind of fits into my night last night, because my family came home at exactly 7.30, and uh, I was brought this new uh, sweater, because it's cold. And I uh, put this on, try it on right now. I said, I can't. Why not? Because I'm in the live chat, and there was a very derisive comment that said, you you love yourself too much. Well, actually, I'm not doing this because I love myself or that I want to be in show business. I'm doing this because I have a goal, and I want to be part of the great movement to restore the Republic of the United States of America so that my children can live. That's why I'm doing it. However, in complete candor and honesty, when you get into it, you get caught up in the numbers and in the the feedback, and I and I do. So I have a joke about this. Because it typifies my financial situation. That's why I want you to go to tireget.com. So a guy walks in a bar. Guy walks in a bar, and he walks up to the bar and he says to the bartender, can I have a beer, please? And the bartender says, sure, you know, pours him a beer out of the tap, walks up, he goes, whoa, dude, you smell terrible. The guy goes, yep, it's my job. He goes, it's your job. What do you do? And the guy says, well, have you ever been to the circus? And, of course, the bartender says, yeah, I got kids. I take them to the circus every year. And the guy says, did you ever notice that when you go to the circus and the elephants come out, they never go to the bathroom in front of your kids. No, I'm kind of, you know, I'm toning this down for this audience and for YouTube, but you can imagine how I would say it if I was standing in a comedy club. Now, you ever notice that when the elephants come out and they parade around, they don't poo in front of your kids? The bartender goes, you know what? Now that you say that, I, I get it. I've never seen an elephant, you know, crap up the stage the guy goes, yep, that's because of me. Huh? I'm the guy that before the performance, I put my arm up the elephant's ass and I clean it out. The bartender says, what? You're telling me that you put your arm up an elephant's ass and clean it out? That's your job? He goes, yep. He goes, wow, you, they must pay you a ton to do that kind of work. And the guy goes, nope, minimum wage. Bartender says, let me get this straight. You, for minimum wage, put your arm up an elephant's ass and clean out the crap. That's a horrible job. Why don't you quit that job? And the guy looks at him and says, are you crazy? Quit and give up my job in show business? Hey, if you can get that one, now you know what we're doing. I'm going to keep working on telling jokes. You know, I have a lot of respect for these joke tellers. I'm going to work on it with you. That's a good joke. I'm going to try to do it better. I might even try it again in a couple of weeks, practice a little bit. So with all this war, we're going to have a little humor because, you know, it's called gallows humor. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of my friend Alejandro from Mexico because they're always at war down there. And the Mexicans have such great black humor. It's hilarious. We're going to develop that here just to keep ourselves lifted up as we go through this very difficult period in American history. So what is justifying all this Middle East storm and I mean, why are they getting down? Well, this thing happened in the Gaza, and it's continuing. It has not abated. The uh, Israeli Defense Forces continue to work their way through Gaza. And as of today, 50% of all buildings in the Gaza Strip are damaged or completely destroyed. And in the northern Gaza Strip, Where they started, because, you know, that's where the operation started, 68 to 81% of buildings are damaged or destroyed. Like, there's no place to go home, you know. Like, uh, Dorothy, you know, tap your shoes together and you're going to go home to Kansas. Hey, Kansas Kansas doesn't exist anymore for the Palestinian people. Kansas has been bombed into rubble. So that has got things pretty inflamed in the Middle East. And this justifies the Houthis, who are continuing to bomb shipping in the Suez. It's, it, it, it's justifying their continued interruption of international shipping. They're saying, hey, United States, great Satan, stop the little Satan, and we'll let your ships go, go through the Suez Canal. And you know, there's no stopping this. And as I've said, Israel is neutralizing Hamas to its south. They're going to go after Hezbollah to its north. Operation Prosperity Guardian is destroying the Iranian proxy, the Houthis, in Yemen. And when all the Iranian proxies are neutralized, Iran is going to get into the batter's box and we're going to find out how this is going to go down. In the meantime, container shipping is going crazy in the rates, so prepare for more inflation. uh, While the Fed lowers the interest rate because they have to have a nice economy to usher in the next Democrat Uh, administration in 2025. That's the game. Or as, um, who said that? Jim Carville, Bill Bill Clinton. It's the economy, stupid. People vote for the economy. Okay. They're materialist. Fine. What is our political philosophy? A country with peace and prosperity. You know, people say peace and prosperity all the time. It doesn't mean anything until there's no prosperity and no peace. Then all of a sudden, it's a very potent political platform, and that's where we're at today. Well, politics. Let's talk about Iowa. Iowa. You all know the result of Iowa, so I'm not going to dwell on the fact. Uh, you know, of the of the results. Uh, I just want to make some comments about what's going on because I've become very involved in social media which I I say over and over again because I find it personally revealing and hilarious that uh, in uh, the winter in December of uh, 2022 uh, Royce White approached me about putting together a, a broadcast channel Free People Radio and he started telling me i'd be a great podcaster because we'd been talking for a long time and uh, interacting in a political sense and i had no idea what a podcaster or podcaster was so uh i come i've come a long way in my my social media content i i hired a really young kid to do it for me for a while because i had no interest in it as i walk up these ladders into this secret society of entertainment broadcasting because that's what this is but our entertainment has got a real hard political edge about political action so we can make that politically entertaining and we get out in the streets like susan says hey i'm a success that's what we're working for here but i i I realized one day i got to do my own social media and i'm starting to do it and you, you know for someone that goes back like i do before there was uh Cell phone. Before there was computers. I remember my first my first uh, job, you know, we were doing the bookkeeping by hand. When we got a computer, this was like 1980. I mean, the thing was like a, an entire room. It was hilarious. And uh, when I get into this social media now, it's the first time I'm actually into it. I mean, I've just never done it because I'm really not into the show business and I'm really not in love with myself to do this i'm doing it with an intention uh, and i'm not passive and i you know i don't i don't watch sports i mean i'm just not a i'm not a spectator uh but by, by uh, just who i am and now i'm in there spectating what's going on on x and wow what a cesspool and what a display of um On the one hand, kind of uh, the best thing I could say is ill-informed or under-informed. What a bunch of manipulators. Oh, my goodness gracious. There are influencers on there. I'm holding myself back on these people as best I can because I don't want to fall into the trap of giving any oxygen to these people. I hope they just go away, but they don't go away. They actually are going to require... American citizens to confront them because they're liars. See, I don't mind people having opinions. That I do not mind. In fact, I love it that we all have opinions and we get to talk with each other and let this is how we get the best ideas to prevail over time. And what's great about our political system is it moves slowly so we have evolution and we try to stay away from revolution because the founding fathers knew that revolution means people die. Much better to have intellectual evolution and follow a world of ideas through a system of law so things move slowly. we have got a lot of times to talk it through. Think about it. That's what we're doing here on Free People. We're truth-seeking media so that we are better informed to talk with our family and friends or our peers when we do that peer-to-peer engagement. But these influencers that are representing these candidates that don't have a prayer, like Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, these people, these people are totally full of it. And this is something that I never have seen up close and personal. So I completely get why American citizens want to have nothing to do with politics and politicians. I've never really got it inside myself because I've been involved in politics pretty much my entire adult life. And I I enjoy the intellectual challenge of it. But man these people suck make me want to quit. I've never seen so much manipulation and lying in a short period of time. I held my my tweets back, you know, before this caucus because these DeSantis people were acting like Ron DeSantis was going to run the table. I mean, I and I have to say to myself, you know, I don't know and I'm not going to be a fortune teller because that's a cognitive distortion. You know, there's two ways, there's three ways to tell the future, I guess. Let me think this through. One way is to tell the future because you're on the payroll and you're painting a picture to make people do what you want them to do. Okay, that's on the payroll just telling stories. Okay, salesman. Very good. And these people are full of it, okay, cuz they were selling an empty they were selling an empty shelf. They didn't have anything and they probably knew it. Number 2, you can just be out of your mind, not have your brain wired right and you cognitively distort as a psychological malfunction. That's no good. That's something people actually could go to therapy for or go to church for to realize that, you know, we can think about the future and we can prepare for possible futures. But when we're sure we know what's going to happen, hey, come on, we can predict, we can plan, but let's focus right here and right now and try not to sin today. That'd be a much better use of our time. What am I doing right this second? So there's that, being on the payroll, there's being mentally screwed up. And then, you know, telling the future, there are some people that are making the future. So they have a better idea of what defense because they're putting everything into it. And, of course, they pay these influencers to pave the way. And these influencers, oh, God, they piss me off because they lie. And we can't engage the American people in politics if the people that are the most vocal are the most full of it. Let them go work for the circus. Actually, they've turned politics into the circus, and you're watching me being very self-revelatory. I didn't realize how bad this was. We're going to have to change this, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. But these people went to caucus. These Iowans went to caucus. They went to caucus to self-govern. Whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in, there is a way to self-govern. Now, every polity is different. The rules are different everywhere. And there is something for everyone to do to self-govern. It is an infinite path of becoming. Owning your own business is a process of self-governing, of lessening your dependence on other people. I'm still dependent on other people. But I do own my own business, so I have the responsibility of running, paddling my own canoe. You know, I have a lot of associated organizations, like my bank, that I am, in fact, dependent on. And if I got really successful, like if everybody went to tire, getting bought tires, hey, I wouldn't need a bank. You know, so we're, I'm trying to lessen my dependency. Well, and then at that point, I need the tire suppliers. I have to buy the tires from someone, so I would be dependent on the tire factories. Okay, so now I'm in this business where I'm trying to develop a, a political action community where I could sustain here. Everything for me is a process of becoming more and more self-governing. Your health, that's another area of self-governance. Are you taking active steps every minute of every day to develop, to strengthen, to um, improve your freedom through your health or is it a process of increasing dependency these are issues that we can sort through this is actually a good podcast all the different ways people can self-govern and within the political realm we can enter the parties you know voting doesn't get it done when they tell you you've discharged your responsibility as an American citizen by going to vote you've been scammed that is a scam to make you ineffective. You know, some people could just sit and write that their elected representatives one or two emails every single day, like daily ritual, like political kung fu. If a million people started to write, let's say one governor, like Ron DeSantis, for example, and he started getting a million emails a day, a million from a million American citizens from all over the country, he'd listen. If they were from Florida, He'd listen even closer. And if they were from the Florida Republican Party officers, he'd do exactly what he was told to do because he would know at the next convention, if he pissed off those officers, he would not be endorsed to be the next representative of the Republican Party in the gubernatorial election. You see how this works? We, the people, determine what's going to happen if and when we decide to show up. So I'm going to make one quick additional comment. and two. Two more. This was a caucus. That means it was dominated by the Iowa GOP. That would be the Iowa GOP, which is affiliated with the Republican National Committee. Three Iowa elected party members are national committee people, And they are members of the Republican National Committee, and they lead and guide and control to a very large extent, at least to the extent that the Iowan citizens make space for them, they control the Iowa Republican Party. And the same thing here in Minnesota. These people hate Donald Trump, and they hate the American When I say hate, hey, I'm here with these people hate probably doesn't capture it they hate the american citizens that are storming the gates of power speaking truth to power they hate these people because why they want borders think about what goes on in iowa it's a farm state they want borders they don't want illegal immigration into the country now if you're in a farm state and you need a lot of undocumented people to go work on your farm for you know, slave wages, hey, let it rip, baby. These American citizens don't want debt. They want assets. And they want to end the endless wars. And our Republican National Committee and our Republican hierarchy establishment is controlled by neocon war hawks that are okay with an open border because it increases the need for an authoritarian state central authority to control all the crime that all what Royce White calls them the conservatives that are going to go, please protect me, because they can't self-govern. They don't have self-defense skills. They need the government to protect them. So the more people that you let in that are poor, you get an underclass of labor that you can exploit like slaves. Let's leave out all the other horrible exploitations for today. And you get crime, which then brings forth a plea for policing. And the police are the local outer guard of what? The military industrial state, which is what? The New World Order. So these people love this immigration because it causes a centralization of power. That's what the people in power want. Not for David Penn to be self-governing. They want to govern me. They don't want me to be able to throw them out and turf them out because they're asses. They don't want that. They want me at home, smoking a joint, getting sick, eating Cheetos. And you know what? Screw these people. We're not going to do this. We have a lot of will here in the American people. We're going to get up and do it. So this group, Iowa GOP, which has elected one senator in 1981, Chuck Grassley, Think about being a senator since 1981. The national debt in 1981 was less than one trillion dollars. In fact, it, in 81 it crossed it crossed over one trillion, the one trillion mark for the first time. So Senator Chuck Grassley has presided over a federal budget that has gone from one trillion in debt to 34 trillion in debt in his tenure in the Senate, and he's going to blame the Democrat. No, Chuck, it's your fault. Then we got Senator Joni Ernst. What's Senator Joni Ernst claim to fame? Well, guess what? She's ex-military. Good for her. She's part of the empire. She's a supporter of the military. And I'm going to say this again. If you're a veteran and you're watching me, I spent a lot of time in that world. I love my best friends, my closest friends, the people I love the most. They're all military. We did very dangerous things together, and we depended on each other. And I trained with them, and I learned a lot from them, and I love those people. I don't have any with any military member. But if you were military and you retired and went into the Republican Party to show for the military industrial complex, you, ma'am, or you, sir, are the problem. You are the problem. And that's why you are fighting me, because you know I know, and I know that you know that I know that you know, and that's why there's this big fight in the Republican Party, because the American citizens have had enough of endless war, and we've had enough of being poor, and we're coming to take this party back from you people, because you've really not done a good job in your stewardship of the party and the American people. You've done a terrible job. And the evidence is endless war, $34 trillion in debt, and no border. I mean, this is, this is a terrible job. Ju- don't blame this on the Democrat. We live in a two-party system. You're in bed with these people. You go, like, oh, I hate my wife. Where are you going to go tonight? Home? Eh, you know what? Stop. Okay? Just quit your complaining because you're in an energy system with someone you claim you don't like, but you're in it together. That's what the Republicans and Democrats are. That's what we call them, the uni party. Same thing goes on in Min GOP. And these people are not neutral. They are not neutral. They are viciously against American citizens. And they hate me. And I don't hate them. But uh, I think they're vile. I think they're vile. And I'll tell you, I have a big problem with Ron DeSantis. And I have a big problem with all the people that support him. And I'm going to tell you why. You people all believe in the empire. You believe, and I'm making a you statement. And when I say you, okay, that's where I'm at with this now. because you people, you people, you like that? I'm not talking about black people or Jewish people. I'm talking about conservatives that are blindly supporting a military-industrial complex that runs an empire all over this world, dominates this world, Dominates it on really illegitimate grounds, in my opinion. And it goes out as the military, and it comes right down into my community as the local cop that'll beat me down if I step out of line. And this whole formation is wrong. It's just wrong. It's the British business model of slavery, drugs, and piracy that our country tried to get divorced from, to get divorced from these empires, to get divorced from these kings, in these imperialists, and these religious hierarchies that subjugate the people in pursuit of empire exploitation, we got divorced from them, and they are so sophisticated, they got control of us again. So all these Republicans that are in this, this military-industrial complex, this debt, this war, this borderless country that you've created in your association with the Democrat, and then they go, oh, you, you've got to support us because we've got to fight the Democrat. Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer, I'm reading his Twitter feed, his X feed Oh, we got to get our unity now behind Trump so we can defeat the far leftists. No, Tom, you're the problem. You, sir, are the problem. You're the one that needs to go. And, of course, in CD6 Minnesota, there's nobody going to stand up and fight Tom Emmer because they're all in on it. They all like it they still have money in their pocket. But see, one of the greatest things God has done for me is I don't have any money in my pocket anymore. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Like 80% of the American citizens, and when we get organized, 80% of the American citizens, when we get organized, when we, we're going to take the country and make it for well-being, not as it is today for the exploitation by a handful of people who we're going to talk about just in a second. And I want to shout out to my friend Tracy. My friend Tracy, who I hope sees this, who has a very modestly paying job working in the education space. And Tr- Tracy was the one that taught me that you could be a Republican without any financial benefit just because you believe in God and freedom. And that's what the Republican Party needs to be about. So I want to leave you with this before we move on to the money. I was I mean I really hold my my tongue on Ron DeSantis because I, first of all I didn't know how it was going to turn out and I don't fortune tell and I'm not going to be like these influencers because I'm not on anybody's payroll and I'm not going to predict the future. Well he got trounced and I mean trounced trounced you people that want to continue to support him Are fragmenting the movement I don't want to talk about Donald Trump I want to talk about ideas he cannot win he's not going to win but he's going to continue to fragment the movement he might be just fine in many aspects of his policy but he said one thing and I want to share it with you that discredits him for me permanently this is a quote speaking about the military I don't support a draft, but our military recruitment is at a generational low. I think the way you solve this is to inspire young Americans to want to serve. This man is the military-industrial complex. He's ex-military. He's Harvard Law. He's Yale. He's Secret Society. This man is not a conservative. A conservative a conservative, is a person who has faith, a person who wants to defend and promote the founding documents of the country. How can I exercise my God-given rights, my, my, the rights granted to me by, as a, by a creator to pursue my life and my liberty and my freedom if we're at war all the time? That's not to say that we don't have to go to war from time to time to defend our liberty. But our country has been at war continuously my entire adult life. And that is what I oppose. And frankly, that is what my mother and father, as leftists, opposed. So now we got some leftists that are opposing the military industrial complex, and we got some rightists that are opposing them. I guess we're not left or right anymore. I guess we're Americans. And that is why there is so much hatred and resistance to the American movement, the movement of the American citizens. We just want peace and prosperity. And that means we're going to screw up the money pot of the oligarchs that run this country. And let me tell you how pissed off they are about it. If you follow the money, if you follow the money, These sons of people, son, they're sons and daughters of people you know what I'm saying spent 300 million dollars. 30 percent of a trillion, three of a billion, excuse me, 300 million dollars on ads in advance of this caucus to dissuade American citizens from voting for President Trump, from supporting Trump. 300 million. Trump spent 18 million. You know, in the lead up to the Iowa caucus. So what do we have here? We got really giant, phenomenal money out of control. People that have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. So they throw it into politics. It makes them feel good. They get to determine the outcome of the future. They think they're buying the future. They're buying a future where the paradigm that exists today, and I call that paradigm slavery, drugs, and piracy, continues, because they're the masters of that paradigm. They're at the top of the pyramid. The money's flowing uphill, and the shit's flowing downhill. And they want that maintained. And they got their guy, Ron DeSantis. They got their girl, Nikki Haley. Now, we can say, and I'm going to say, Trump, Trump, you can come up with a lot of flat spots on Trump. I could go go over the hill on Trump like that. The thing that keeps me looking at Donald Trump, and I'm not chilling for Trump, the thing that keeps me up on him is they hate this guy. Man, has this guy got resistance against him. So for some reason, I mean, it's either one of the biggest psyops in world history, like we hate this guy, but we're going to elect him, and then he's going to finish us off. And I say this because it's a possibility. Or they really hate him because they're afraid of him, and I think they are afraid of him. Now, I think Trump is also a military-industrial complex guy, but there's two ways to use every power, to heal and to kill. And we will remember, just a few years ago, four years of peace. There was no big conflicts. Trump clipped out Suleimani and he beat down ISIS. But in the great scheme of things, in comparison, because you're only good or bad by comparison, the world was a much more peaceful in a much more prosperous prosperous place under a President Trump than it is under the current President Biden. So Trump was able to turn the Uni Party into a perspective that was better for us, the American citizens. That's just the way it is. Now, I'm going to tell you, these donors, Who are they spending money to make sure Trump never gets back in? $300 million. I mean, the 300 million is just unbelievable. You know, these people have names. I mean, they really do have names. And you can go look up some of these people and how much money they're spending. There's a dude named Jeff Yass, one of the wealthiest people in the world, an early investor in the Chinese app TikTok. Uh, this guy put in 2.6 million to the Florida Governor's State Committee earlier this year. million. This guy has enough money that he can write a check to a pack for 2.6 million. 2.6 million. I bet everybody watching me for 2.6 million could retire. And this guy's got so much he can give it away. Man, I wish he liked me. He could write free people a check for 2.6 million. Then we could do some real damage. I think it's important for us to understand that we have a political culture that's predicated on obscene money spending. Now, these people know how to make money doing this. These people are business people. They're not stupid. They don't just give this money away. They're looking for a return on investment. That's the part us little people don't get. If somebody's a billionaire and they write a check for $5 million, they know how to turn that into cash. They're going to get that back somehow. I don't know how because I don't have that money. I just know how it works. People that have that kind of money are good with money. They're focused on money. That's all they think about. That's why they have so much of it. So when they invest it in something, they're doing it for a return. They're doing it for a risk-adjusted rate of return. And our whole political system runs this way, and this is because we allow it to be that way. Think about what's happened. Now, we have social media. We have social media. Social media will allow any candidate to interact with the American people and not spend any money. Just be on social media. Just develop a following on social media. Disseminate their ideas through their appearances in social media. This is a tremendous change in uh, the distribution of ideas. That's why there is so much pushback uh, across an entire spectrum of people, including Nikki Haley, to monitor and, of course, Nikki Haley. She's a representative like DeSantis of the military-industrial complex. You know, one could say that Trump, Haley, and DeSantis are the same person. They all support empire. But there's a difference. Here's the difference. Trump says it can roll along just in case, but we're going to have peace and prosperity for the American people. These two are going to get us killed. These two are going to take all of our money. These two want to use the inventory up. Trump just wants to buy inventory and stock it up. These, te- these people want to keep spinning that inventory by killing people. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. If you're a Ron DeSantis person, I'm going to read this to you again. because It's time for a wake-up. I'm going to read it exactly correct. Please bear with me. Because I'm not picking on everything Ron DeSantis says. A lot of what he says and does is fantastic. This is disqualified. I don't support a draft, and that's today. Because when they run out of people and we're at war, my young producer, Elliot, is going to get a number, and then he's going to get a call, and then he's going to be in the Middle East getting killed. I don't even know him that well. I don't even like him that much. We haven't worked that much time together. But I'll tell you, I like him enough that I don't want to see his head blown off in an illegitimate war, so that someone could make money. If it was a legitimate war, I would go! But to see a bunch of fat cats get fatter and take my freedoms away, I object. Ron DeSantis, I don't support a draft, but our military recruitment is at a generational low. I think the way you solve this is to inspire young Americans to want to serve. Okay. That is disqualifying for Professor Penn. I don't want my children serving the military industrial complex. I do not want my children serving the illegitimate aims of technocrats that are playing a game that has nothing to do with their well being. We've been scammed for hundreds of years, thousands of years with this, and all we have to do is wake up. There's billions of us and a handful of them. Now, they're going to try to stay in power, but we need to turf them out and replace them. With young, charismatic polit- politicians, men and women, white and black, tall and short, fat and thin, all with one thing in common an effort to pursue and ensue sacred honor in their own lives and their own political action. We're missing sacred honor in our political participants and what we get from that is an open wound of a border, debt and war. They don't care about us. If you're a political figure and you're elected and you're not making the life of the average American citizen better, you suck. You've broken the social compact. Donald Trump has proven that he will do some things for the American people. And these people in charge of the Republican Party Just can't understand why anybody would support Donald Trump. In fact, I saw tweets where people would say, no Christian person should support Donald Trump because he's a sinner. This is ridiculous because that's like saying Ron DeSantis is a better person than Donald Trump. What do we know about what Ron DeSantis does in the middle of the night? I don't know what his sins are. I know what Donald Trump's sins are. Because he's honest about them. People say, oh, this happened, that, yeah, I did, that's what I did. At least he's honest and upfront about his BS. The rest of these people are hiding. And there is no greater sin, in my opinion, than sending someone else's son or daughter off to die in an illegitimate war. That's a really high level of sinfulness, in my opinion. So we have social media, we've got it, we can use it, this community can use it. I'm going to start holding training seminars here in Minnesota, and I'm going to call it Social Media Warrior Training, Social Media Warrior Training, and we're going to do some of that here on the Professor Penn Podcast. My handle on X is at the Prof Penn Podcast. P-R-O-F-P-E-N-N Podcast, Prof ben Podcast. You know, I talked about the last time, and I noticed, and I want to thank Ty. Some of the people went right over and started to follow me on X. Now, I'm new on X, and I don't have a big following, and I'm going to ask you to go follow me there. I'd like to see a 1,000 followers on X tomorrow, and why? How does this work? When you go to my social media, there are shorts. There are tweets. You take those, the ones you like, and you disseminate them to your social media network. Oh, Professor Penn, I don't have a social media network. Well, you need one because this is where the voters are, this is where the people are, and this is where we need to go to influence people's hearts and minds. So every one of us can be very effective. You don't have to join the party. You don't got to knock on doors. You don't got to donate money. You could. You might join the party. You might run for office. Everybody's going to do something. You might donate money. You might go to the freepeopleradio.com website, go to the store, and buy some of the merch so we can defray some of the costs here. And please do. But the point I'm bringing out is we can become social media warriors by forming this community on X. And X has free speech right now, and that could become very important because I post all these podcasts up on X, I post shorts, I post clips, I post tweets, and you can send these out. We can retweet this stuff together as a community and build political action and support each other and support some of the candidates we know and love. Before we finish, because I have a commitment to not going broke, Uh, You know it's winter time, and I've made a a beautiful short uh, that we're going to be putting up all over about tire get and you know your safety in the winter. So let me just take a minute before we finish and run that just because I think it's cool. Winter was late this year, (laughs) boy, but it's it's arrived. We got snow everywhere. It's cold everywhere. Please be safe. If you're sliding around out there and you want to buy a new all season tire or a winter tire go to tireget.com. That's T-I-R-E-G-E-T.com. It's a one-stop shop for all your tire needs. You gotta buy your tires from someone. When you buy them from Tireget, you are funding the movement. We have great customer service. You call in, you email in, we'll contact you back. We'll make sure you get exactly the tire that you need. Not anymore, not any less, just right. We're here for you. Tireget.com, this is a great way to fund the movement. It's a great way to get the tires that you need, and we're going to do your service. So you pick your tire, and we'll service the tires. We'll get them on your vehicle. That's T-I-R-E-G-E-T.com, and thank you very much for listening. Okay, welcome back. We're going to finish up with some reaction videos. Reaction videos. And why are we going to do reaction videos? Well, they're great clips. I love the social media piece that I was talking about. We're going to post these up. You can send them out, and I'm going to play some stuff. Now, this has been widely played. This is just going to be the Professor Penn feedback on some of this stuff. I hope I come up with something novel because people are responding to this. You know, nothing is – when you have an event like this caucus, if you – this is an old saying. If you want to see the snakes move, beat the grass. When you beat the grass, the snakes start slithering around out there. And you know, these people on the left, which I love watching them, because it's so entertaining and so informative, and I like to get my news from a wide range of sources because every news source, including Free People Radio, has an editorial content, and what we cover and what we talk about is selective. So when you look at a wide range, that's just me being honest, right? A little honesty in media doesn't hurt, right? I never say I know the truth. I say I'm truth-seeking, unlike these people who are going to see, they know the truth. Okay, we're going to look at some of our technocratic media representatives, and they're going to tell us some things. I'm going to react to it. Let's start out with number one. This is Whoopi Goldberg and Liz Cheney.
2: Do you see yourself, and, I, and would you ever consider being the conduit to that third party? Because I don't know if, if the Republican Party, as we, as we knew it, will survive this. Because if he ever gets in again, we'll never have any more elections. There will be Can you no stop more. stop that,
1: please? He will- okay, so I'm going to go through this and stop it as we go. So what Whoopi Goldberg is saying is that if Trump gets elected, if Trump gets elected, He's never going to leave the office. This is dumb, and this is intentionally—the idea is dumb, but the, the idea is being expressed to create fear in the listener and the viewer of the view of this show so that they are so motivated to go fight the fascism of Trump because what they've done is they've linked Trump, this is why I played this rally at the Madison Square Garden in 1939, the Nazi rally. They've linked Trump and the Trump movement and the America First movement, and it was called America First in the 1930s. The left has successfully linked Trump to the Nazi movement. So they are making him into a dictator. If we elect him, we elected him just like Hitler got elected. And that's why I keep saying Stu Peters and Nick Fuentes is working for these people, because all they're doing is giving them the cannon fodder they need, they, they're giving them the material they need to link Trump to Nazism. So please continue.
2: Well, stop it. And, and he's very clear about that. He wants to be dictator for life. Okay. So I wonder, would you ever consider, please, would you please <laughs> consider being that person? Can
1: you stop that again, it? please? Now here, this thing, this is my ear. Whoopi goes back a long way, and I'm just going to say this because it, it's obvious to me I might be alone. Go back and look at some of the Richard Pryor stuff we did. Richard Pryor, that great comedian and political thinker from the 60s and 70s and 80s. She's imitating him here, right here. She sounds just like Richard Pryor. She's actually using a deep energy channel to be funny and to appeal to Liz Cheney, whose father is Dick Cheney, who is the neocon of the neocons, the worst, the war hawk of war hawks, his daughter, Dick Cheney Jr. Please continue
2: tell you, I was really... I don't understand how people can say, we're with you, we're with you, we're with you, and then when you need them, they go, oh, but we're with him now. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that, and I don't understand how... You find the grace not to be pissed at folks. Oh, I'm you're not. not yeah. I'm, you know, pissed. I'm pissed you're, what it well, you're, you're mad at them, <laughs> but you're not pissed at them because if you were pissed at them, you would have given up on them, yeah. and you haven't. So, well, and so would yeah. you? Look, Liz, uh, I think I'm that i begging you. Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm on uh, one knee.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So what Whoopi and Liz are doing here is, she's begging Liz to form a third party, a new party a new party of conservatives that could support Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and the forever wars and the empire and death and destruction and poverty for the American people. Because, you know, Whoopi's got all she needs, and she's leading the communist movement. She wants everybody to be poor and everybody to be at war. That's my opinion. It's called fragmentation. These people are openly working at fragment. They're saying that the Republican Party, forget the word Republican, the American citizens that are seeking peace and prosperity, are really Nazis, hearkening back to that first bet tonight. Put this together. This is really important. These people know history. We maybe don't know it specifically, but it's in us. It's in our cultural DNA. We know it. We feel it. And she's speaking to an audience that is afraid of white Protestant Nazis that were very powerful in this country and they were powerful going back to the know-nothings before the Civil War, and they were powerful before World War II, and they've popped up again in the likes of Nick Fuentes and Stu Peters. And what they're saying is that I, Professor Penn, a Jewish man, I'm a Nazi. And that I'm supporting a guy that if you got elected, which I'm not shilling for him, they're just presuming my support. And why do I say that? It's because people in the very senior levels, National Committee people of the RNC have called me and asked me not to support Donald Trump. So they must assumed I supported him. To ask me not to support him, and I've never made a statement of supporting him. But they assume, because I'm with you, the American people, working for peace and prosperity, that, you know, I'm a Trump guy. And if we could just beat Trump, this whole movement would fragment and go away. Nah, you dummies, this is about ideas. And we're going to see this in a subsequent piece here in a second, because they're already three steps ahead of us. Because I keep saying it's not about Trump, it's about the ideas. And Rachel Maddow is about to outflank me and go to work on the ideas. The point is they're fragmenting the movement. Nick Fuente, Stu Peters, Liz Cheney, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, they're, all of them are fragmenting the, the movement of the American people. And, of course, we're American citizens. We're entitled to different opinions. And if we are dumb and we don't realize we're in a war, and that the perfect is the enemy of the good, oh, I don't like Trump, he slept with a porn star. Okay, I got a question for you. Have you ever looked at porn? I, if you're watching me, and you're a Ron DeSantis guy, and you don't, you're never going to vote for Trump because he's done all these illegitimate things, which he has. Have you ever looked at porn? Did you ever look at a woman uh, because she was dressed sexually and she was showing her cleavage? Have you ever done that? Have you ever fantasized about your neighbor's wife? I'm just curious. Because if you have been pure to the extent sexually that you can cast that stone, cast away. Cast away. I'm going to tell you my personal opinion about this, admitting that I have looked at porn and I'm. I actually really hate myself for having done that. I grew up in the 70s. All of a sudden, wow, we don't have to look at National Geographic anymore? Wow, look at this. You know, they addicted a whole generation of boomers to porn. You know, go to, half of what's on the Internet is porn. Let's just quit doing that for starters. But, you know, if you're looking at porn and casting stones at, Str- at Trump, and he actually... Let's say he did or he didn't. I don't know. I don't have any 8 by 10 glossies. I can only go on the rumors. But let's say the rumors are true, and he paid Stormy Daniels for sex. Let's say it's true. You know, this guy actually took a risk in the physical world and pursued his sin with great vigor. The people, Professor Penn included at different times in my life, that just look at porn and don't have the courage to actually sin with vigor, well, God's going to spit us out if we do that because God spits out the lukewarm. So let's quit supporting the sex industry as a people. Let's just say it can be out there, hey, it's a free country for the people that want to do it. But let's, if we're going to be Christian conservatives and say Trump is discredited because he's a sinner, hey, let's get the log out of our own eye. And there was a lot of this annex, and I saw it, and I'm being very revelatory because it really pisses me off because these people are my age, and they were at the parties back in the 80s. You know, (laughs) these people were there doing the same thing. They were going to the discos. They were doing the same thing I was doing. Now, if you weren't and you were pure and you've never sinned, please get in touch with me. I'd like to be your friend because what I'm all about myself is putting sin down in my own life. So that I can be a good vessel, a good vehicle for good things to come through me. And I have to work on that. And it's it's many different sins. Arrogance. Arrogance is a great one. You know, pride. Got to get it done. Anger. I get angry. Well, I have a big temper. I've got to really be careful with it. I can put a look on my face and scare people. And you know, I just this I said I said I had a bad weekend. Cause I got mad and I scared somebody and I suppose because I'm trained and when I get mad, I probably am scary. I don't think of myself as scary, but it's not what I think. It's what the person I'm scaring thinks. So I have to apologize and you know, the divine, the the mission is to be loving, to be love, love. So I got to work on that. I get away from it and uh, you know, and I, I'm not casting any stones. That's why I didn't, wade into Ron DeSantis before this, this caucus, and I'm really not wading into him now. A lot of what he says I think is great, and a lot of what he's done I think is great. But I'm not into supporting this empire. This empire is going to get me killed. So any politician that's going to stand up and blindly support the empire, hey, you're in on it, and I have to be on the other side of the football. And I'm going to say again, I think Trump's in on it, and I've said this in the last podcast. Any of these secret societies generate a refined will, and that will can heal or kill. The skill is the same. It's just the intent. So if Trump can wield the military-industrial complex into being peaceful, hey, that's better than wielding it into a forever war, which is exactly what we're dealing with right now. Let's play this this next one, number two. Joy Reid on Evangelical White Christians.
3: But, you know, I feel like the important sort of data point, and, and you know, Steve talks about it a lot, he's, he's going to probably talk about it a little more tonight, is that these, these are white Christians that this is a state that is overrepresented by white Christians that are going to participate in these caucuses, especially tonight. Um, I, today earlier today, reached out to Robert Jones, Robbie Jones um, from the Public Religion Research Institute, knowing that we were going to talk about Iowa. And this is a hyper-evangelical white state. And he said the following to me. Iowa is about 61% white Christian. The country as a whole is approximately 41% white Christian. And in Iowa, we're talking about evangelical white Christians. And he said the following. Because I asked him, w- they, what do they get out of supporting Donald Trump? Because he keeps losing, he keeps delivering losses and losses and losses, and he said the following, they see themselves as the rightful inheritors of this country, and Trump has promised to give it yeah. back to them. All the things that we think about about electability about you know what are people gaming out or mm-hmm. none of that matters when you believe that God has given you this country that it is yours and that everyone who is not a white conservative Christian is a fr- is a fraudulent American is a less, a less a less real American then you don't care about there, electability you care there you have God. it
1: there you have Joy Reid hearkening back to Kuhn and his speech in Madison Square Garden in 1939 where he said, you know, we want this country for, you know, white Gentiles that founded the country. And here's Joy Reid, who has an academic background. She knows the history. She's linking the movement, the white evangelical movement, as she calls it, or the white Protestant movement, to this Hitlerite Nazi uh, history in our country. And she said a bunch of things that I thought were really interesting. Number one, she draws a distinction between white Christians and Christians. Now, if you take a look at the numbers, people that profess to be Christians is over 60%, which is way down. It's down by 30% in just 20 years. So faith is going down fast. But she's talking about white Christians as if they're different from black Christians. That's a scam right there. You know, if you're going to say your identification is Christian, The religion doesn't care. God doesn't care for white, black, or green. Irrelevant. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. It doesn't say first for the Jew and then for the white Gentile. It says for the Gentile. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. So her distinction of white evangelicals is really divisive in the extreme because it's separating Christians into different groups as if Christians don't do a good job of that by themselves because the Protestants and the Catholics don't get along. So fragmentation, fragmentation, fragmentation. And she's identifying the vote as being some kind of manifest destiny or some kind of uh, sense of entitlement by evangelicals that it's their country. Hey, how about just the economic reality that the policies of the post-World War II Democrat-Liberal order makes people in Iowa poor? How about just that? You know, you can't have it both ways, you know, political pundits. It can't just be about the economy. It's about the economy, stupid. You know, their icon, Bill Clinton. It's just about the economy. And then say it's about, you know, manifest destiny or a sense of religious entitlement. You know why I know it's about a sense of religious, it is not about a sense of religious entitlement? I know it because I'm in X, and these people don't say it, number one, because they would. They say anything. These people don't hold back. They don't even think that, and number two, they're not that religious. They're just not. I'm going to talk about that to end the podcast. You know, you can I can say I'm a Jew, but if I don't believe in God or if I don't practice faith, if I don't walk by faith and not by sight, I'm really not getting into the religion. The religion demands a lot of its participants. So anybody can say they're anything. Hey, I'm a Christian. Great. What do you do to be Christian? Well, I go to church on Sunday. You do anything else? No. Do you believe in Christ? Yes. What do you do because you believe in Christ? Now, I realize there's an infinite range of answers in here. But if we really were as religious as we say we are, we wouldn't have these problems. I mean, if the country was as evangelical as Joy Reid is positing that 41% of the people were evangelicals with a sense of entitlement from God and that they were doing God's will here on earth. And let's say they were were over-representative. Only a third of the country was evangelical Christian. If that was true, that these people really were going to work to maintain America as God's country, there would not be one seat not filled in the Republican Party of the United States. There'd be 400,000 evangelical Christians running the Republican Party, and we'd be running this country back to its conservative roots. But they must not care because they're not doing it, which means it's not really that important to them because it was really about God and they believed in God and they were willing to put their ass on the line for God. They would be in these parties. They wouldn't just be showing up to vote. They'd actually stay in the Republican Party of Iowa, which is a neocon war hawk party dominated by people that are 100 percent in support of empire. No, they'd overthrow these people because they'd understand that people that are in support of empire are real, no matter what they say they are, oh, I'm a Christian. No, if you're supporting the empire, you're a Darwinist by definition, and you're in the British business model of slavery, drugs, and piracy. There's no Christ in here at all. So let's not let these people wrap themselves in the cloth of faith to fool people, and then Joy Reid comes up and says, well, it's about faith. Oh, B.S. It's not about faith. It's about these people are being made poor by the empire. They're being passed over and pissed on by our political elites on the, on the East Coast and on the West Coast that don't care about Iowa. They hate Iowa. They hate men. They just want nothing to do with it. It's flyover country. And they want to make fun of these people. And, you know, this is what it is. So that's my, my, my read on Dre. And, you know, she's, she's, she's not done. Let's play this next one from Joy on uh, on uh, Nikki Haley. This is a nice one.
3: New Hampshire, and I think Mr. to the Wins point there. that you made, Steph, I mean, it, it's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. She's getting, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Um, And I don't care how much the donor class likes her, which will ramp up up a lot, the better she does in New Hampshire. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis' only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal to Whitey.
4: While we have New Hampshire. And I think to the
3: point that you
1: made, Steph. You know, this stuff is so bad. This is actually on NBC. They call it MSNBC. It's NBC. This is, this is the mainstream media. And, you know, I'm going to make a Professor Penn personal opinion. I can have an opinion. You know, the, the eyes are a mirror to the soul. When I see Joy Reid's eyes, they seem rather demonic to me. I mean, it's just me. Hey, just me. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just me. Could be me. Could be me. But the implication that the Republican Party will not embrace or that American citizens will not embrace Nikki Haley because she's a brown person. This is really fanciful. These people are, this is why people don't want to be in politics. This is complete BS. People don't like, first of all, Nikki Haley, and I've had dinner with her two times. There's not a scintilla of immigrant in her. This woman is a white liberal woman. I've met her. I've talked to her she's a white liberal excuse me my opinion there isn't one bit of immigrant that i can tell on her not not a scintilla and so you see a brown skin oh brown skin no she's she acts like a white woman or an american white woman talks walks acts completely i'm sorry if i'm going too far but this really pisses me off she's not being rejected because she's brown american citizens don't have that In aggregate, we don't have these kind of racist thinkings anymore. These people are trying to trap us in a thought form of racism, of anti-Semitism, and of uh, xenophobia that really doesn't exist in most people's lives. And they're going to look to Nick and Stu and say, see, see, we told you these people were racist. We told you they were anti-Semites. We told you they were homophobes. So they're all working together, this group, to create a racial politics which does not exist. Let me tell you, Joy, this is why people don't like Nikki Haley. She's really kind of disgusting as a politician. She has no no juice. She's not likable. That's number one. She's just not likable. She's not likable. Number one, just likability. Like you go to the bar, you sit down with somebody, they start talking to you, you go, wow, you're an interesting person. I want to know you. Or you look at this guy, go, hey, you know what? Nice to meet you. You don't want to talk to him. She's in the nice to meet you category. She's just not likable. She's not sociable. But why people really don't like her is the American citizens are rejecting an open wound of a border of tremendous public debt and endless wars. Nikki Haley is the sine qua non-representative of the military-industrial complex. She said on the board of Boeing, this woman is a neocon war hawk from South Carolina. With their confederate there, Mr. Lindsey Graham, who's an equal war hawk. And Ron DeSantis is right there with her. These people are war hawk neocons. I don't want my children to die in wars. And I think the citizens of Iowa have figured this out. I think the citizens of the United States have figured it out. We don't want a war, Joy. So let's end here with two more bits. I'm running over. Thank you for staying with me. Let's listen to Rachel Maddow.
4: And the big picture takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark as you said on this, but it is not, if we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country, we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm -hmm. But people wanting that is a much Mm -hmm. bigger part Mm -hmm. of that equation. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before, and I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leaders are interchangeable. Mm -hmm. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm -hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian Mm -hmm. movement inside Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm-hmm. They are pushing Trump yeah. to get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere right. and to him. That, yeah. and, and that is coming from a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm-hmm. of one man and his leader. does that and tie together the, the...
1: That's good. So I said, Rachel, she's right out there. She's, uh, she's a thinker. Um, if we were living in Germany, and the Nazis took over, Rachel wouldn't make it. She'd go off to the camps because she has a, a grandparent who was Jewish, so she had a a familial predisposition to be part of the new world order. I'm just going to say that another opinion. I don't have any eight by ten glossies. I'd love to talk to her. I know she's not going to talk to me. I'd love to go over why do you talk like this? Because the American people do not. I've never heard anybody. I've never read anybody say. Give us a dictator. I mean, I guess I saw one idiot say it one time. We're not looking. The American people don't want that. What she's not saying is the, quiet, is, the, is the hidden part. She's working for an authoritarian form of government on the left. She's a leftist. We've studied this on the, we've gone through this together in the Professor Penn podcast, podcast after podcast. They call the Nazis right because they're right to the left. In comparison to the left, the Nazis are to the right because fascism keeps the means of production in the hands of oligarchs where communism strips their ownership and controls it at the state level. The only difference is the fascists think that economy is more efficient if you keep the entrepreneurs involved. The communists say, "Ah, you know what, we'll take the inefficiency, we're taking everything, we take all because they want total control. And Rachel Maddow represents that new left, that total control authoritarianism. And she's saying, "Look at these look at these rightists. They want authoritarianism." So that's what you would call projection in the first place, cuz that does not exist in the American citizens movement. We are thoroughly grounded in a constitution that's based on rights granted by a creator. These folks don't believe in the creator, so pfft, on the constitution and the founding documents they don't care about that. They think those documents can be changed. Us dummies here in, in the American Citizens Movement, us knuckle-draggers that are dependent on our Bibles and our guns, we think that this stuff is based in faith. And so you see this in all this bits that I've played tonight, the great effort to isolate the white evangelicals, to create them as authoritarians that are going to be Nazis, that are going to bring forth a Hitler. It's a complete lie. Complete and total lie. And this is the part I want to bring out before we end. Rachel Maddow is saying it's not about Trump. She's saying it's about the ideas in the movement. That's exactly what I've been saying. This is not about Trump. It's about our ideas. Let our ideas be amplified through our community getting onto to X. And let's talk about the fact that we are complete children of our Constitution complete children of a creator that granted granted us rights let us get out in a coordinated effort and start to oppo- oppose these lies by amplifying the message let us do it in our community it it doesn't mean that there isn't infinite numbers of other communities that are doing it but let us come together because god is great and you know this is why a salmon has thousands of eggs you don't know which egg is going to be the next salmon. We have to do our part together in case we are chosen. I'm not saying we will be. I'm saying we do our part as if we could be. We have to pick up our cross, and I'm going to leave you with something that I think is very serious and that if we really, if we really had the uh, faith that they're talking about, well, we wouldn't have any of these problems. So I'm going to go out reading something, and uh, I think it's as important as we can get. This is Matthew 10, 17 following. I want to wish you a good night. I want to wish you well. I look forward to seeing you next week. Stay warm. Stay healthy. Let's get involved. Let's get involved like this. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaketh through you and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated by all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth forever shall be saved. But when they prosecute you in this city, flee to another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone through the cities of Israel Till the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? That's what they're doing there. They're calling us the devil in their own way. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. Truth-seeking media. What I tell you in darkness, ye speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, that you preach upon housetops. Let us be social media warriors. And fear them not that kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear God that is able to destroy both God and to destroy both, to destroy both soul and body in hell. I'm trying to edit this, please forgive me. I'm trying to get it out of the King James version. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? The very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear you not, ye are more of value than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess before men, him will I confess also before my Father who is in heaven. You watch me confess today. It's not hard to do. Be honest with yourself. But Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And here comes the part I love the most. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but I came with a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life in my sake, in my name, shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth, receiveth, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, disciple verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. I want to thank you. It's all right here. What we have to do to win, to stay alive, to have prosperity and peace, it's all written down. We don't have to make it up. We just have to go study. Have a great weekend, and thank you for joining.